0: Now, we must all fear evil men, but there is another kind of evil which we must fear most, and that is the indifference of good men. This is the Voice in the Wilderness podcast channel. Um, this is going to be the second part of the first episode. In the first part, um I tackled a certain set of contest prelate who's teaching a parent heir. In this one, I'm going to be tackling a certain set of a contest podcaster, his heir. But first, the prayer. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Ghost, amen. All that I am, all that I have, all that I do shall be consecrated to the service, honor, and glory and exaltation of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, the Sacred Heart of Jesus in the heavenly kingdom. In Jesus' name I pray, Immaculate Heart of Mary, please pray for us, Sacred Heart of Jesus, please pray for us, amen. Um, I hope and pray that new listeners don't listen to this for uh, this second part of the episode first. In order to get the needed context, you need to go to the first twenty minutes of the first episode where I give the context. I don't want to have to go back into another 20 minute explanation of why not only do I find the particular podcaster in question, um, why I find his material a mixed bag. I want to have to do that. Um... I will say this disclaimer though It's not for legal reasons If the guy wants to sue me, he can and If the guy wants to come to my door and punch me in the face He's welcome to Or if one of his uh, Fans wants to come to my door And punch me in the face, they're welcome to Quite frankly I'd rather be punched in the face Than listen to some of the content that comes out of that channel i As he recently did an episode on my voting counted. When he did this episode, I knew, because I do listen to him on occasion, that there, what, there was literally going to be a lot of what I call normie BS. I hate this. There, 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 there are times, as a general rule... Where I don't like being proven right. Unfortunately this was one of those times. And by the way. Just like with the first episode. Because I took notes on a piece of paper. That already had some notes on it. I may have to stop and start again. Throughout the episode. Where I'm going through my notes. So. This particular... He's like me. He does his own segments. And this particular segment... I avoided... I avoided in particular. Um... As I said... He does put out some very, very good content. He does do... He does, on occasion, put out some excellent content. And when... There's an old expression in America, when it's good, it's it's sublime, and when it's horrible, it's the depths of hell. And that seems to be the case on his particular channel. When it is good, it is sublime. When it is horrible, it is the pits of hell. And I've already stated my reason in the first 20 minutes of the previous, uh, the first part of why I gave this particular episode a listen. And everything that I had feared was confirmed in the extreme. And there were, as I said earlier, I had to skip through parts because I was getting so irritated that I wanted to approach the episodes I knew these were going to have to be broken up. I, I I wanted to, to more or less try to have a, um, moderate tone. Now to those of you who are coming from the first part to this part, you're going to be like, wow, wow. Your tone is, is a lot different. Well, it um it's a lot more calm. Or they both were calm, but there's less intensity here because quite frankly, um the the first part was an hour long. I had to concentrate on what I was doing, and honestly, um when i went into the first part um when i went into the first part i had just got done listening to those two persons in particular and let's call a spade a spade i was not a happy camper and um i i while I'm at this, I want to thank our Lord and our Blessed Mother because it didn't get ranty. The tone might have been intense. I might have gotten loud. By the way, for my listeners, I don't think I've ever told you guys this because I, I, I forget. When I was a little kid, I got a lot of hearing infections as a kid and it messed up my ears. So I've always grown up with a loud voice. So, even when I'm not being intense, people often mistake me for being angry or something when I'm not, and that is due to the fact that I'm literally half-deaf. And right now, um, I'm not hearing so well, so um, I'm just loud by nature. It's not me attempting to be loud and obnoxious. It's just the way I am. So I just tried to throw that little note out there. Anyhow. First, the tone and the tenor of this episode. And for the sake of charity, once again, I'm going to try to keep it as dispassionate as I can. As I noted on previous episodes, where I've documented some of the errors that he said on his podcast, I uh, I've noted he he's a very mild mannered, intelligent young man. I'm sure he's a very not, he's a great neighbor to his neighbors. He's a great parishioner within his set of Vicantos Church. I'm sure he's a very, very nice person in real life. Um, but having said that, is I consider it my duty as his co-religionist. Um, and uh, Lord help me if he decides to do a response video of his own, but. I'm sure that he would take me to task as well, but um, it's my, I consider it, and, and by the way, it's, it is his duty as well, if he truly believes in pre-Vatican II Catholicism, if I stray into territory where I'm not supposed to stray into, to call me out as well. but the tenor and the tone of this episode and i'm very sorry i listened to it sounded this this guy is way younger than me he's got to be at least 20 years younger than me and the tenor and tone of this episode sounded something like a 90s talk show on AM radio rather than a serious discussion of serious topics. Now, heaven forbid I should tell another podcaster how to run his channel. I know I wouldn't appreciate it if he told me how to run my channel. However... given the seriousness of the topics involved, treating episodes, or I'm sorry, treating topics such as our Lord, our Mother, and the the Masonic foundings of our nation, if you want to call it that, Because our country was founded under Masonic principles, we are not a country in the traditional sense of the term. What I tried to do in one of my previous podcasts, in my very clumsy and very inarticulate way, was talk about how Countries such as Russia, the Ukraine, Poland, um, uh, France, England, Spain are literal countries in the sense of they're made up by, by tribes and ethnicities. And I'm going to try not to get into an autistic detail into anthropology here that share a common culture and language. In America, the only thing that holds us together is the belief in our Masonic Constitution. There is no majority of an ethnicity. We are made up of Germans, Swiss, Africans, Asians, and all sorts of Europeans. We are also united by English, the English language and the fact that the country of England, the first settlers were English. but thanks to immigration, we are no longer no longer a strictly English nation. We are literally a polygot nation. And for those of you who don't know, polygot just means a mix. Hitler once, when when he was describing Americans, called us a mongrel race. Now we as Americans jokingly refer to ourselves as mutts. So what he meant is contempt. We as Americans turned it around and made it into a joke and calls calls ourselves mutts. But we are mutts. There are very, very small segments of France who can trace their ancestry to the Franks. There are a small segment of English people who can literally trace their ancestry to the Anglo-Saxons and the Celts and the Picts of Scotland. There are literally Russians who can trace their ancestry, they're a small minority as well, of actual there are actual Germans who can trace, small segment once again, who can trace their ancestry back to the Teutons and the Huns. And for the Spanish, um, they can trace their ancestry back to the Ostrogoths and the... Uh, did I, I think the original Roman settlers that were in Spain at the, and I'm talking about the country of Spain, who um, were actual Celts, because the Celtic tribe was spread throughout uh, England, uh, France, and Spain. This is not an anthropological lesson. This is to prove a point. These people of of western europe and some parts of eastern and central europe can point to a common source of ancestry we as americans cannot do that at one point or another One of our ancestors got disgusted with whatever European, African, or Asian country they were a part of, got on a boat, and came to America because, for whatever personal reasons they had, the only thing binding us together, and quite frankly, the way our Masonic government treats our founding document, the Constitution, like toilet paper... The, the, the one thing that is holding this dumpster fire together is that document. And like I said, our Masonic politicians are torching it as I speak. Quite frankly, I don't know what this particular podcaster's context, if he was homeschooled or if he's like me, a product of our crappy public schools. I know he's an American, I can tell by the accent, and I know he lives in an unnamed European country. Other than that, I do not know his context, and quite frankly, um, unless he volunteers the information, I don't need to know. All I need to know is he's saying normal, I'm sorry, normy. BS errors that need to be corrected. That's the only thing I need to know. Okay. But it pains me deeply. It does. That I as ill-educated and ignorant as I am to need to give a five-minute, or actually closer to ten-minute explanation in anthropology to people who should know better, who are better educated, and had better circumstances than I did. It's really, it, you know, when I say it pains me, this is not a turn of phrase. This is not me being hyperbolic. It literally pains me. Because unlike a lot of human beings, I don't consider myself the smartest guy in the room. I'm not. I happen to have read a lot of books on different subjects. So I have a smattering of knowledge. And by the way, this is also not for legal reasons. If this hurts your feelings, if this upsets you, and because this is directed at set of a in particular, I beg and beseech you, put your feelings aside and try to be Catholic. And view what I'm saying dispassionately and rationally and use what I use as nauseam, your critical thinking skills. Set your feelings aside. You're Catholic. Your feelings don't matter in anything. Me personally, I'd like to live under a Charlemagne type in whatever country my ancestors came from. My feelings don't count where Jack squat. I am where I am through God's divine providence. I live in the times that I live in through God's divine providence. And if you're calling yourself a seducontist, you should already know this. This should be your default position. This isn't rocket science. You don't need to be Einstein to figure this out. You just have to have a willingness to face the truth when it's staring you in the face. To get back to my point, um, as I said, oh, another disclaimer. I don't know if I mentioned it earlier or not. I'll find out when I do the to uh, the uh, re-listen later on, uh, later on. um, What I'm about ready to say or and what I've already said are not personal criticisms of the young man in question. They are not. They are my critique, or to use a 2017 term, they are my response video to the particular errors that I heard coming out of this particular episode. As I said earlier, if the young man in question or one of his followers wants to come to my door and punch me in the nose, they're welcome to it. One other thing that I need to make clear, the thought occurred to me that a lot of people might think that my criticisms of the particular heirs off of this particular podcast are motivated by jealousy. To those of you who are laboring under that massive, massive cognitive dissidence, I want to uh, lay your accusations to rest. Professional jealousy has nothing to do with this because this isn't my personal podcast. I never get tired of saying how if if I wanted to do something for my particular, what I call my glory, our Lord and His Blessed Mother saw fit to give me enough talent that if I wanted to do something for myself, I could. And in in, in in the particular case I'm talking about is a podcast. This is not my podcast. This is their podcast. I do things for their glory, not my own. So professional jealousy, not that I would even sully the word professional when it comes to these podcasts. I'm basically a schmuck recording off of an older type of cell phone. Smartphone. This has nothing to do with me. This has everything to do with the people in his audience who may not know better, who actually think the things that he says are beneficial and educational. Now, don't get me wrong, I've seen some of his other videos because he's on YouTube. He does have educational materials. But as I said earlier, when he's wrong, he's really wrong. And when he is really wrong, I have to speak up and say something. It is my duty. I'm, I'm not some sadist. I'm not some paranoid crank with my tinfoil hat spouting off at the soup coolers at somebody who may be more popular, you know, in the in crowd. This had nothing to do with it. We're talking about souls. And I'm going to get into that. But anyway, the, tip, the, the, the tenor of this particular episode was of an informal AM 90s radio talk show. Now, in and it of itself... If he were a regular political YouTuber, normie type that is, talking about the obvious hypocrisies of our ruling class and bemoaning the fact that, oh, aren't those Democrats terrible? Aren't those liberals terrible? Aren't those... God bless you, go your own way. But the man calls himself a set of contest. He puts out said content. If he does not, for whatever reason, and once again, your reasons do not matter. As I said in the first part of my episode, if you are an actual ravenous wolf tearing the sheep apart, or you're a hungry dog who is tearing a sheep apart, Thinking that you're a wolf Mistakenly You're still a wolf Your motivations And as as a set of a contest He should know that I knew that as a Vatican II sect member Oh Another clarification here In case anybody should stumble onto this Without listening to the first part I'm former Vatican II sect And Protestant In my long journey to get me where I am now I am well familiar with the heirs and heresies and the personality types that my fellow human beings are. So, having talked about the tone and tenor, and it was very casual, very, very casual. And I'm sure that if you're a normie type, that's, you know, my my particular podcast is not for you because I literally sound like the uh, stereotype that I just talked about a couple minutes ago. Some cranky old dude with a literal tinfoil hat on top of his head speaking into his cell phone like a man possessed. So for the normies out there it's all very comfortable very it's kind of like being in a warm bath you know you're you're just relaxing your mind is drifting and you got various thoughts going through your head oh did i put the dog out uh oh, gee i got that report due in the morning um have, oh have i have i have i have I cleaned out the cabinets or Oh, that was a really interesting novel I read tonight. and Oh, it wasn't those interesting things on TV or a movie or whatever. All very non-confrontational, said in a very relaxed and calm manner. Just the opposite of what I am and who I am and what I'm about. Which makes it more insidious. You see... When things are in a, you know, if you're in a warm bath and you don't realize that you accidentally slit your wrist, you're bleeding to death. You didn't mean to slice your wrist. You may not even known you slit your wrist. You may have trailed blood from your kitchen into your tub and not even realized it. But while you're sitting, relaxing in your nice warm bath, you're bleeding to death and you don't even realize it till you're dead. Whereas at least for my part, you got the crazy tinfoil hat, crazy old Abe Simpson shouting into his an- antiquated cell phone. And wait a minute, wait a minute, this guy's shouting. He's he's saying uncomfortable things. He's he's he, he he's crazy. He- Oh my gosh, my reality's being confronted. Uh, what, what, What if there's actually something to what he's saying? That's the point of this podcast. There is something to what I'd be saying. Otherwise, I wouldn't be doing this. I wouldn't. There are better ways to spend my time. There are better uses of my spiritual energy. But this isn't about me. Anyway, Um, so let's talk about some of the, as I said in the first part, I, I feel like I've lost brain cells listening to this normie stuff. Um, By the way, everything that he talked about in that episode is everything that I've covered on both of my podcast channels. Everything. For my long-term listeners, I humbly beg and beseech for your forbearance on this because, once again, a broken record. He talked about the reasons for voting being important and his his guest on his podcast um like i said very informal very very relaxed they talked about how voting is important because we don't want to let the perfect be the enemy of the good i've covered that air when it comes to matters of your salvation there is no such thing as the end, uh, as the perfect being the enemy of the good. Now, when it comes to your approaches, if you're set up a contest about evangelization, evangelization techniques and tactics, that principle is very much um, uh, applicable. It's very much applicable. But when it comes to going to heaven or hell for eternity. It's deadly serious, and we don't, if we're set of contest and we're serious about what we believe, we do not take that attitude. Um, And they were talking about, oh, wait a minute, I'm sorry. The reason I went into my whole, or I'm sorry, the reason I read the encyclical, from St. Pius, uh, well, he is a saint, not officially, but as far as I'm concerned, he is. St. Leo the Thirteenth. is because he goes in great detail. And I just, I didn't even interject that much commentary. I just read the encyclical straight for the most part kind of translating in places where he used the Victorian English because this was written in the 1880s. It ran almost two hours, but he documents in detail the errors and the heresies. And who would have thought that a pope could have been a prophet because everything that was listed in that encyclical was perfectly describing modern day society and culture as it is constituted today. But he, in no uncertain terms, very much denounces Freemasonry. He very much denounces the principles and the organization that is Freemasonry itself, in addition to explaining how the Freemasonic Secret Society operates. So, if we are to have nothing to do with Freemasonic principles, more or less the society itself, which controls our government, and by the way, for anybody who has any doubts as to what I'm talking about and think that I'm just pulling this out of thin air, go back to my episodes, my two-part episodes, well, the first part, where I document how when I was looking for a thumbnail on Freemasonic principles, I ran into a website called freemasonry.com where it quotes, and I don't know if it's anti-Freemasonry or if it's pro-Freemasonry because they're quite frank, bolding in your face. They're loud and proud as we say here in America. They know that, they've got a lot of people fooled and unfortunately it sounds like this young man is in that camp and in when i was searching there were several quotes from american presidents several not to mention thomas jefferson george washington um abraham lincoln theodore roosevelt william henry taft or well, yeah, William Henry Taft William Taft and it stands to reason using what Bishop Sanborn calls our common reason that if our presidents are Freemasons or at least free, uh, using Freemasonic principles oh I don't know maybe our representatives, senators, mayors, governors so on and so forth If they're not a member of a a lodge itself, uh, they're masonically sympathetic. Anyhow. They talked about the concept of doubting every, oh, that goes into, um, Conspiracy theories. I'm going to get into that particular bugaboo in a a minute. Oh, heck. Since we're on the topic. Once again, I'm not ascribing motivation. I'm not ascribing... um, I'm not uh, ascribing any sort of thought processes. I'm merely going off of what the two young guys were talking about. And one of the things, and you're um, if anybody's interested in listening to the podcast, if you drop me a letter at Listener Mailbag, I will refer you to the pod question qu- and questions so you can listen to it for yourself. One of the things they, they said was, well, you ascribe everything that you don't like to Freemasons. Now, that in and of itself, (laughs) that in and of itself, at best, I can say it's naive. At worst, I got to say it's either willful ignorance or they actually know what they're saying and they're trying to mislead people. But because I'm trying not to engage in rash judgment, I'm not ascribing motivation. But at best, it's naive. If you understand the Freemasonic concepts of this country, if you understand how Freemasonry works, if you even have a passing familiarity with what Leo the Encyclical on Freemasonry actually says, if somebody is flashing a Freemasonic symbol, it's not an accident. By the way, if you doubt me on this, go and listen to the actual recording of that encyclical. Because Pope Leo XIII said, said in that encyclical, there are no such things as coincidences. There are no such things as random chance. Everything is ordained by God. So if somebody is, and by the way, they talked about the free hip, uh, I'm talking about the two young podcasters, they were talking about Freemasonic hand gestures. And they're, oh, wow, you're ascribing that to somebody you don't like. If somebody is covering up, I believe it's the right eye. That is a literal Freemasonic symbol. And if Pope Leo XIII is who he says he is, an actual Pope of the actual Catholic Church, and he says there are no coincidences, there is no random chance everything is divine providence, then this was not on accident. These people are Masons. You don't need to be college educated. You don't need to be a college professor to figure it out. And then they talked about how it, it, um, oh, uh, the, the, the tenor and the tone when they talked about Freemasonry, given the tenor and tone of their conversation, I got the impression that oh you know and I've talked about this in the the original episode on your vote doesn't count how I got a feeling that he's a naive young guy, and how he probably you know have to believe in Freemasonry that it's it's against the Catholic Church. But it's not as bad as everyone says it. It's not that bad. It's not a danger. It's okay. Go back to sleep. Go back to sleep. Because part of what they talked about was doubting doubting in everything. Well, first of all, I do doubt everything. If the uh animatronic sock puppet that sits in the White House right now gave a press conference within the next 10 minutes and I had no choice but to watch and he said the sun's coming up I would literally stay up all night to make sure it did the only thing if you're by the way said of a contest that you should believe in is God Almighty and the one true Catholic Church but if you don't even understand first of all I don't believe that the young man in particular, and this is me trying to be charitable, has even listened or read Pope Leo XIII's encyclical on Freemasonry. I gotta believe that if he's honest and sincere in his intentions, he wouldn't waste people's time for at least 45 minutes saying things that contradict a once living Pope prior to Vatican II. But the only thing I believe in is the one true Catholic Church. Vatican II is a heretical council. Everything that came out of it is heretical. That we have a certain segment within our own ranks that are preaching error, and I'm not talking about the young said. I mean he is, but I'm, I'm talking about P, uh, prelates in positions of authority preaching there. And that my only hope of salvation are the kingdom of God and our blessed mother and our blessed Lord. He talked about how he did a poll asking on, on Twitter, no less, I've advised my listeners who are set of a contest if you want to keep your sanity if you don't have to be on social media, don't be on it. Once again, his personal motivations are his own. His podcast is his own. But he was talking about how he did a poll on Twitter of at least a thousand people. He said more. So at least a thousand people and 39% of them said they wouldn't vote. And I got to think because I've been on Twitter myself, the majority of the people voting in that poll were normies. Bravo, normies, you 39%. You might not be able to articulate about the corruption within our government or why it's corrupt. But you recognize a problem when there's a problem. Obviously, our government is corrupt and your vote, see my last episode, does not count. Bravo. And I mean this. I'm not, I'm not being sarcastic and I'm not being facetious or ironic. A literal bravo. You can recognize the truth when it's staring you in the face. Like me, you may not be, or uh, at one time, you may not be able to explain What's going on? But you can see a problem when you see it and you don't lie in the bath with your slit wrist waiting to bleed to death. You realize there's an issue. Oh, hey, somehow I cut my wrist. I better get up, wrap up my wrist and call 911 and try to get stitched up. he talked about how he doesn't study. Now, because I've consumed the young man's content, I know that he's a married man with kids. But just like you're having... Let's just say the young man doesn't imbibe in, in, in what they, what was known in the 90s as adult beverages. He sounds like the type of guy or the tenor when he said, I'm, I don't study, like the kind of conversation he'd have with a fellow set of conscious neighbor having a lemonade. Not a beer, not a scotch, a lemonade on his nice sunny porch on a nice summer's day. Oh, I don't study. I'm raising my kids. I have time. I just don't have the energy. From From a Catholic perspective, I have ranted and railed ad nauseum about that concept. If this young man doesn't realize that when he got married... He automatically took upon himself a duty to his wife and kids to set the example, to raise them properly. And when I say raise them properly, I'm not talking about feeding, clothing, and shelter. I'm talking about living his faith outwardly and studying why he believes what he believes. But when I heard that part and I heard his, you know, the way he talked about Freemasonry, like, well, yeah, I'm, I'm a set of a contest. I really don't, you know, the popes have written against it. I just don't think it's as serious as. I could tell he hadn't studied. I could tell. There's no excuse. If the young man were able and could come here right now, if he could teleport from Europe to here and defend himself, well, you're a single guy. No, you've got the greater responsibility. My responsibility lies for me and my co-religionists in so far, once again, as I never get tired of saying, in in correcting them if I see an error. But that's it. At the end of the day, I'm only responsible for my salvation. When you get married, you're responsible for your spouse. She's responsible for you and you're responsible for your kids. And in addition to being those responsibilities, you are responsible to our Lord and his blessed mother and their church and what it teaches It's not a laissez faire thing. It's not something you take casually. It is literally a duty. And ad nauseum, a responsibility, well, responsibility duty. It's also an honor. Like I said, I don't know the particulars of the young man. It's none of my business. He's saying what he's saying publicly. Therefore, he opens himself up to public comment, just like I do. I open myself open to public comment when I do what I do. Here's the thing, though. I am absolutely certain on the ground of where I stand, and I'll stand up to any scrutiny, I've, I know I've taken 45 minutes and I've only been covering the particular expression that came out of this particular episode for about 20 minutes. But these points are unassailable. And I'll throw down the gauntlet. You want to debate me? We can. I'll I'll do a debate. If this should, you know, I out of out of uh charity, I didn't mention any names and no, but it should the particular podcaster in question listen to this and decide that whatever objections he may have to what I'm saying, I will come on his podcast and I'll answer every you know I'll answer for everything the attitude that seems to be prevalent in modernist circles is, oh I wish I wish there was an older guy in my life he wasn't a boomer he, he was a parent of a boomer who once told me. Crap in one hand and wish in the other and see which one fills up first. Okay? Once again, said Contis, if you don't get the concept of divine providence, if you're taking the laissez-faire attitude while your slit wrists are bleeding in the nice normie bath that you're lying in, where... I don't have time to study. I I, I just, I, I don't have time. I'm, I'm so busy. Well, first of all, uh, oh, thank you, Mother Mary and Lord Jesus. For any of his fanboys out there who may get a hold of this, who want to write snarky little letters in the listener mailbag saying, Well, what about you? What kind of studying do you do? I've been swimming in Catholic waters for the past 20 years. Before I decided to get serious about my Catholicism last year, I spent a good three or four months in intense study and prayer before I started my podcast. And I'm still studying. Now, once again, go back to that argument. Well, you're single. Of course you can. Ah. If I didn't have the time to put out decent relevant uh relevant information and I couldn't do it justice I wouldn't have a podcast meaning that for right now I'm single if the lord says she fit in his divine providence that I marry and have kids when I come to the realization that well no I'll, I'll state flatly If I were to get married, if I were to have kids, my time effort that I spend on this podcast would be devoted to my wife and kids. I'll state that flatly. So social media would die the moment I took my marriage vows. Actually, my social media would probably die the moment I started interacting with a fellow seducontist female with the intentions of getting married. But I don't think that that's the case. But my God is the God of surprises. I can't say that uh, infallibly. If you don't have time to devote... Now, like I said, if it's it's just your regular run-of-the-bill normie podcast, that's a personal decision. When you're talking about things that affect people's souls, that's another issue. Which brings me to another point. I talked about I talk about this this point ad nauseum. Well you're 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 intense, man. You're intense. You're intense. Yeah, I'm intense because this is serious business what I'm attempting to do here. And people's souls are at stake. Now, maybe other set of the contest commentators do not realize this. I do. Through our Lord and our uh, our Mother's blessed uh, grace graces, that I have to give an account. If anyone is led astray by any mistake on my part, I'm going to have to answer for it on my personal judgment. And guess what? Said the Pecan podcasters, my intentions don't matter, and neither do yours. Says so in um the epistle, uh, one of the epistles according to Saint Paul. something along the lines of teachers will be judged much harder than than just average lay people or lay people who are our teachers will be judged harder and we shouldn't be treating our apostolate as a hobby this you know it's not a hobby if, the, if you consider what you do an apostolate, it's serious, deadly business. Because we are dealing with our fellow human beings and their souls. He quoted an encyclical from Pope Pius XII stating that we need to vote that it's our duty as a citizen once again context i haven't read the particular encyclical honestly speaking i'm going to backtrack a scotch I'm not even sure if it was an encyclical he was quoting from, but he quoted St. Pius XII saying that we have a duty to vote in our elections as Catholics. Now, since Catholic teachings and popes can't contradict each other because we're not Vatican II sect, I'm unsure for which context Pope Pius XII was speaking about. But I can't tell you this. Um when he said it was every person's duty to vote in their elections, I'm sure he was uh, uh probably referring to referring to um that they he had no idea that well not no idea, I'm sorry. They well that he may not have been aware of the total extent of the Freemasonic foundings of our country when he said it. Because I know enough about Pope Pius XII that if he he, he knew that our founders were Masons and that the Constitution was based on Freemasonic principles, he definitely wouldn't have encouraged American Catholics to vote in a rigged election made by actual Satanists and their apologists. But, once again, and I, I, will, I will take the rap for this. I'm unsure if the young man was quoting from an encyclical or if it was just a quote. If it's a quote, guess what, said Vacantis, it's not infallible. If he gave a press conference or if he was talking to, say, a bunch of priests and he's not speaking from the throne, it's not infallible. Meaning, average Catholics can take it or leave it and use their best judgment. Just because a Pope says something, if it's not in a papal bull or an encyclical, you don't have, you can take it or leave it. Once again, said Vacantis, maybe if the young man weren't taking such a laissez-faire attitude towards studying and actually understood that Vatican I clearly defined the um, the, the uh, dogma of papal infallibility to speaking ex-cathedra and cyclicals and bulls from the papal throne, maybe... If this was just a quote and not an actual encyclical, he would know this. Once again, I'm trying to be charitable because I don't know. Because I was, you know, the things that he was literally saying were cringe. They were normie BS. Cringe, say it with me together. Cringe, cringe, cringe. And I, 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 it's who I am. I have a very low toleration for cringe. When I hear something cringy, the self indulgent side of me does not want to sit and listen to it, just like I'm sure. If any of his fanboys listen to this, they're going to say that I'm cringe and they don't want to listen. I hope and pray for their sake though that they do. And I hope and pray for his sake that if it should get if this episode should get back to him that he would engage me. I'm welcome for engagement. So Let me check. Okay. One thing I want to close out on the second album from the first part. I don't know if I talked about it in the first part, uh, the particular prelate in question when he talked about the indefectibility of the Catholic Church. I talk nauseum about the concept of the externals, being hung up on the externals, being hung up on the fact that you think that you're in a state, um, that unless you actually receive... Um, the Eucharist physically, that somehow or another, that if that gets taken away from you, that you have no recourse, that you're in a state of serious spiritual danger. And here's where I'm going to wrap up, because as I said earlier, everything that I talked about, or I'm sorry, everything that I've talked about when it comes to my co-religion is, and I've stated it ad nauseum, For the past two podcast channels. Um, everything that these guys said that I disagree with vehemently, I've already covered in more or less in detail. More or less. Because I like I said, I don't consider myself a teacher. I give generalized statements. You're an adult. It is your duty. If you love your, you know, love God and, and, and want to get to heaven. It is up to you what you do with the information provided. I'm not your father. I, I'm I'm not a priest. I'm, I'm not in a position of authority. I'm going to plant the seeds. What you do with the seed is up to you. But everything that these two guys covered is everything that I've that I've denounced in my co-religionists. The laissez-faire attitude toward belief, the laissez faire attitude toward study, the um the, the um tacit support of prelates within the very public prelates within the set of the contest movement who preach actual error. Now, some people would say, well, why do you bother? Why do you bother? It's obvious nobody cares. It's obvious that, once again, whether people care, whether people listen, this isn't for me. Either I am who I say I am, or I'm not. Now, that's not your judgment call because you don't know me personally, but I know myself and I am doing to the best of my ability what I think our Lord and his Blessed Mother want from me. That's why I'm doing these two episodes. So, um... You know, also I got a safe set of contests is you have wolves in the sheep pen. I said that in the first part. I'm going to say it in this part too. And they're ripping apart the sheep. You're responsible. You're an adult. You're a Catholic. Take responsibility for yourself first. But, um... For you said conscious podcasters out there, out there who want to treat this like you know a hobby or whatever, you got to answer for yourself. I can rest easy at night knowing that, um, I did the best I could with what I, with what I've been given. The rest is up to our Lord. If I if I'm wrong. Everything that I'm doing is wrong I'll pay the price on my own level But if I'm right and you're wrong uh, For those of you who are married You got to answer for your families Uh, For those of you who are married and have a a podcast You're going to have to answer for your audience too If they get led astray Through their own podcast not through their own fault. So this is it. I apologize. I, I sincerely want to apologize to my long-term listeners. Because in these two episodes, um, it may seem self-indulgent. It really may seem self-indulgent. Especially since in the case of the podcaster in question, he put out his cringe vid, uh, video on YouTube back on election day, and we're coming up on Thanksgiving. Um, look, if I've wasted your time, I apologize. As I said earlier, I'm only doing what I think the, our Lord and his mother want so if i would you know if i wasted your time or you think i wasted your, i apologize um i hope and pray i sincerely hope and pray that would i these two episodes are not self- in, totally self-indulgent Now when I got rather colorful in my expressions That was definitely me being self-indulgent That was definitely me being self-indulgent But the message was not And is not So um I really do appreciate your time and your patience. I really do. And I hope and pray you get something out of this. I really do. And I pray for everyone. And I'd like to see as many people get to heaven as possible. But as I said in the first part, if you can't even see the times we're living in. And I'm talking to my co-religionists. I'll put in the show notes. These are for contest. If you can't even recognize the times we're living in, and you're literally treating the dangers of Freemasonry, despite the fact that they've been denounced by several popes, not just one, not just Pope Leo XIII, And you just you you want to treat your day-to-day existence like it's still the nineties, that Bill Clinton's still in office lying his butt off. That um, you you know that that somehow or another that you get to shirk your responsibilities as a Catholic, as a parent. Nothing I say or do is going to change your mind. Only a literal, singular grace from our Lordness, Blessed Mother, are going to change your minds. And for those of you who want to write me off as some tinfoil hat conspiracy theorist, And go back to my episode on not every conspiracy theory is a conspiracy theory. God help us. In my case, God help me if I fail on a personal level in my duties toward you, your blessed mother in the heavenly kingdom. But for the rest of you who want to live what you think is a normal life family life in this era. God help you all. Thank you for listening. I do appreciate it. Have a good day. I mean it. God bless you. A sincere, a sincere and heartfelt God bless you. Have a good day. Bye-bye.